What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Barrel Up Podcast. My name is Doug Clark from Northern Baseball Training, and today I'm joined by former Seattle Mariners prospect turned YouTuber, Lachlan Fontaine. How's it going, buddy? Good. How are you? Good, man. Um, we'll get into your YouTube channel in a bit because I am excited to chat with you about that because I, uh, I do respect anybody who puts himself out there to start a YouTube mm-hmm. channel because I know how hard it is. Um, so I commend you just for just for starting. But um, before we do that, let's kind of jump back to your baseball career. I know you grew up in the Vancouver area, played your high school ball in the PBL, um, which I imagine you dominated. So um, let's just kind of let's kind of jump back there. Yeah, I uh, grew up in North Vancouver. So, I mean, quick 10 minute walk down the hill and then 12 minute ferry over to Vancouver. So super close to downtown. Uh, grew up playing for North Bend Central Little League. It's actually not even a thing anymore. It's North Shore baseball now. But um, Little League was the most fun. Like I wish there was no BC minor or anything like that because Little League, like just even having a chance to go to the Little League World Series was a pretty cool experience. I didn't get to go, but we made it to the finals of the provincials. So um, just that journey in Little League is pretty fun. And then, yeah, I played for the North Shore Twins. Um, played all five years there. Dominated for a couple years. Had a, a little bit of a struggle in grade 12. Um, I just, it was a tough adjustment for me to go facing the PBL pitching and then going on the team Canada trips and facing 95 plus every night. Yeah. Right? So um, that was a little bit tough for me to adjust to. Um, I had, I played pretty well with team Canada, but yeah, I struggled a little, a little bit in grade 12. <laughs> yeah. What, what was that? What was it like playing for team Canada? It was amazing. Um, it was obviously one of the coolest baseball experiences I've had. And yeah, like I got to go to the worlds in Taiwan. We had a pre-tournament um, like training camp in Australia. I actually got really sick during that. I got bit by something and got a really big blood infection on my leg. So I had to spend three nights in the hospital. So I almost didn't get to go to the Worlds. But um, yeah, just, I mean, strapping on that jersey and cleats and everything and going to war with your some of your closest friends for your country is a, for sure an experience I'll never forget. Yeah, I bet. I just, just kind of jump back to what you said about Little League. It just, I just kind of remind, remember that. You said you lost in, uh, in Provincials. Yeah, so, the finals. So... When I was twelve, too, we uh, we were playing Langley in uh, in the finals, and uh, we ended up losing in the finals. I think I can't remember. We we lost twice to Langley that year. I, I, I don't know if it, one of them was a walk off home run. I I can't remember if that was like the the final final or if that was like the the time before. But um, we lost. They ended up going to the World Series, and we're watching them on the World Series. We're yeah. like just same like, with us. So upset. It's funny because it's always that BC team that goes to the World Series, right? Like I think. Yeah. There's some crazy statistic, but like 95% of the time, uh, the BC team goes. So, you know, if you get to that final of the provincials, you're going to the World Series. Yeah, that, so, that's, yeah, that's kind of how it was. Yeah, it was uh, everybody knew like, oh, usually BC always like, I think every year it was like BC would win yeah. the Canadians and then move on. Um, jumping on that too, just kind of remind me of another story. When we were 18, we were in, uh, we won provincials here and we went to Lanark, Ontario for, for nationals. And uh, we were we were doing really well. We were in the finals. Oh, this story makes me mad just even talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were in the finals. We were losing by a couple a couple runs. But that whole tournament, we we would always get off to a slow start. Then we would just turn it up last couple innings. It was like the fourth inning, and we were down by a couple. Uh, we had runners on, and it started to rain. And we're like, okay. And then then they they, they sent everybody back to the dugouts just to kind of wait it out. Yeah, and we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting, and it wasn't even really raining that hard. The field didn't look too bad. Like in my opinion, we could have kept playing. And then we see the umpire ro- walk over to their dugout, and then we just see their team sprint out to the field celebrating. And we're all like, like that's brutal. freaking out. And like, yeah, we're eighteen. We're you know just losing it. I feel like in that situation, you got to make the team win the game. Like you can't 
just shut it down and yeah yeah rock paper scissors or something yeah that was that was <laughs> that was a heartbreaker but uh yeah just kind of reminded me but um so played junior national pbl yep. and then you you got you got drafted out of college right or out of high school i mean sorry right out of high school yeah when yeah. i was uh 17 17 what was that like yeah man uh it was ex- like getting drafted or the actual minor league let's, part let's, of it? let's talk about the whole experience getting drafted and then playing in the minors and then kind of just talk about it let's just talk about it all yeah um the draft process was pretty odd for me just because i mean i think it's the same with everyone that's going to go in a decently high round there's kind of talks oh you're going to go top 10 you're going to go top six you're going to go top that whatever uh but i really let the draft stuff get to my head in my grade 12 year i think that's why i struggled a little bit too so um there was talks of me going in the top 10 so that whole first couple days i was kind of glued into the tv um and then didn't happen pretty upset about it but again that's the way it goes um and then i was actually driving to a double header in vancouver and i was looking on twitter or something and just following the draft feed and all of a sudden my name popped up and I turned to my dad and I said, I just got drafted. <laughs> so <awesome>. yeah, <clears throat> showed up to the field that day. Um, obviously got congratulated by everyone. And then I was taking BP and like, it was the most relaxed batting practice I've ever had in my life. And I was just hitting tanks onto the street and it was at uh, Queens park. If anyone knows where that yeah. is in new West, but yeah. I'm, and I was talking to my buddy about this the other day and he was just, he was talking about how like effortlessly I was hitting these home runs and, um, yeah, it was just like a weight had been lifted off me because I put so much pressure on myself in grade 12 and there was so much draft talk that it was in my head so much. It was just such a relief to, for it to finally happen. It, it's crazy how much like better you perform when you're relaxed. Like Shoot. if you could just if do I that, known all the that time. 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like when you don't put any pressure on yourself, you just go out and you do what you know how to do. Like obviously you're good enough to, to even get talked about if you just yeah. kind of relaxed and, and did your thing then yeah, then maybe, but you know, we, players just put so much pressure on themselves. I was and actually that- having a conversation with a kid about this last night. Cause there was this Tyler glass now video I saw on Instagram and I sent it to him just because the kid is very similar to me. Like he's kind of lived, breathed, sleep baseball. And it was just him talking about how when he put too much pressure on himself and that was the only thing in his world, he struggled on the field because it was just such a life or death situation. And the whole, the way he kind of, got out of it was just finding other passions outside of baseball and taking a little bit of that pressure off by just having other interests and um, other focuses. And yeah, it was just a interesting, interesting thing. Good for the kids to hear that one. Yeah. It's, they, they, that I, I saw you, I saw you share that and that, and that's yeah. huge. Like you need to have a life outside of baseball. Like you still want to like focus on baseball. You still want to work 100%. hard. So you still want to live 100%. and breathe it, but you also yeah. want to like enjoy your life as well and be, and be like a kid and be a teenager and, and still enjoy that self, not get too distracted. Cause there's a difference yeah. between, Oh, for sure. Between like, um, being like laser focused and then getting distracted because with the world we live in now, especially with like social media, it's so easy to get distracted. Yeah, so it's like, totally. it's like finding that balance of staying focused and keeping your eyes on the prize, but also like enjoying yourself as well. Cause mm-hmm. you know, you're only young once you're only going through this process once you have to enjoy the ride or else like you're going to get there and be like, not where you want to be so for um, sure and at the end of the day like you're regardless if you have a 20-year big league career or you play three years in the minor leagues baseball is going to end at some point and you need to have other things in your life to fill that void a little bit like when I was done playing it was just kind of like okay what now and like I was yeah. just very luckily I was coaching for a couple of years still so it kept me in the game but like my golf is my new passion now like it keeps those competitive juices flowing and um, I, that's why I always try to get younger kids to start playing golf earlier uh, or young baseball players to start playing golf earlier, just because it's a really good sport to 
kind of aid your rotational power with baseball, but also just there's so much stuff you learn from it mentally and it's easy on your body. You're going to be playing it for your whole life. So like, I think golf is a great thing for young baseball players to pick up. Yeah. So hard though. (laughs) (laughs) It is, but it it just, there's always something to work on, right? Like it gives gives you that competitive nature. Yeah, the thing the thing with golf is like you have to play it a lot to stay consistent and stay good. And I, I'm a guy who golf like I used to golf a little bit more, but now I'm like golfing like maybe three four times a summer, like not even that yeah. much. And then it's like one hole, I'm like, oh, I love golf, I want to golf more. Yeah. And then it's the next hole, I'm throwing my clubs like this game's stupid. Why do I ever do this? And it's yeah. just such a love hate relationship with golf. But um, yeah, yeah, I think I think it is important for for kids to 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 have other you know passions as well. For um, sure. Especially like you said, when 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 people d- are done playing, um, I think me and my brother talked about this on, on one of my podcasts. Is like, like as a kid, you grow up with these goals. Your goal is to play college or play the MLB or whatever. And then when that goal is over, whether you didn't make it or you made it and it's done, a lot of people just stop setting goals. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, it's over. Now I'm going to get a job. I'm just going to you know just mosey on through life and that's it. But it's important to continue to set goals. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be anything huge. Like your dream of playing in the MLB is over, but you can you can set new goals and chase new things. It's yeah, important. Totally. It's important for players to do that. Let's talk about your whole um, experience, like with the in the minors and, and with the Mariners. Like, how was that like? Um, I mean, I had a little bit different of experience than your tenure baseball player or minor league player, right? So I only spent three and a half years in the organization, and it was all in Arizona and rookie ball. So I mean, you're living in a hotel with roommates, just filtering in and out. You're 17 18 19 so i mean you're not really able to go out and do stuff and make friends so you're kind of just stuck in this hotel <laughs> in arizona and it's almost like a little it's almost a little bit like a military style operation like again at the end of the day i'm super grateful for the opportunity from the mariners but when you get down there you very very quickly realize that it's a business and people are there yeah. to make money um so it just kind of changed my perception of baseball a little bit. I learned a ton. I had some really, really good coaches and some really, really good kind of veteran guys that were in AAA or rehabbing from the big leagues that would, I mean, they taught me stuff that I'll never forget. And I try to pass down to the younger kids, but yeah, it was, um, it was an interesting experience. Definitely fell in love with the game a little bit more when I got out of there and went to Quebec, but did you feel like you were ready? Like just me, no. me, me kind of being like an outsider looking in and I put myself in your position at 17 yeah. and how immature I was like mentally, I wouldn't have been ready. Like you were, you were probably a beast physically and you were, and that's yeah. probably why you got drafted out of high school. But I imagine just, you know, from my perspective, I, there's no way I'd be ready mentally before that. Like, mm-hmm. how, how did you feel that way? Yeah. I mean, looking back, there's no way I was mentally ready for that. Um, like, yeah, like you said, like I was six three, two fifteen. I was a big boy my first year. And then I, I like, I got up to two forty five. So like you take a look at these guys and, Oh, that's a man, but you forget that. No, this, this is a kid. He's only <laughs> 17 years old. He's in high school I last mean, year. Yeah. Yeah. And like, let's be honest. I like, I don't really remember anything from a certain age until I was born. Right. So I've been conscious for only a few years. Like, it's not like I'm, 35 and have had 27 years of experience like i'm i was super super young super immature not super immature i mean i held it together decently but just immaturity as far as like battling through adversity on the field and being okay having tough games and not playing well and then battling back from that that was just something i had a really tough time with and that's just the mental immaturity i'm talking about it's not like i was a goofy like young kid it was just not not being able to handle adversity exactly yeah yeah I think, yeah, like there's no way I would have been able to do it. Do you think, do you think like looking back, do you 
like obviously you get drafted you're gonna you're gonna go it's just the dream yeah. come true do you kind of wish you would have went to college and then gone through the draft kind of that way because it'd give you a little bit of time to to l- learn more about yourself grow a little bit more mentally you know learn the grind and stuff like that do you wish that kind of you would have kind of done that yeah um i definitely wish i would have went to college now if i would have been given the opportunity again i still would have signed i mean i didn't want to go to school yeah i (laughs) it's an opportunity you can't really give up especially because it's not like i was a 40th rounder like i got drafted decently high and yeah i mean yeah going back i would do the same thing um i think just having i just know that a lot of coaches in the states and canada like the head coach is not like a father figure but they're there to mentor you right and they're there to help you grow where in the minor leagues, it's kind of like you sh- it's, you show up for your shift and then you're off back to the hotel and you're on your own. And there's a, like, I played with a lot of Dominican and Venezuelan guys. So there's only a few American guys and Canadian guys you could hang out with. And it would have been nice to have that little bit more of a camaraderie in college like I had in Quebec. I can't really regret what I chose. And yeah. going back, I'd do the same thing. So I think anybody would, hey, you, you get drafted. Like, that's the dream. Like, whether you, you, you're always going to, like, you always think you're ready, no matter what. Yeah, you think you're ready for, sure. for anything. So, yeah, obviously, you wouldn't change it, change it for anything. Um, after, after that, I know you went to Driveline. Did you, did you go to Driveline before Quebec? Because then you played for Quebec. So, let's just kind of talk about that kind of timeline where, where you're at. Yeah. So, got released in spring training of 2016. Came home, was just trying to get jacked, was deadlifting, <laughs> herniated a disc in my back, um, went to Quebec two weeks later, had severe lower back pain, back spasms, all that. Um, ended up playing that year on it. Did okay. Like I hit like 240 with 30 something RBIs. I mean, it, it, it's not like I was starting every single night. Like I was still kind of coming off the bench and playing here and there. And then I ended up having surgery in March of 2017. So I had this back injury for like a full year. So like no lifting, no nothing. Um, took a really long time to get that surgery. Ended up getting the surgery, coming back in 2017, a little bit late into the season. And then we ended up winning it. 2018 came back as a hitter, ended up being a full-time pitcher midway through the season. <laughs> um, I hurt my elbow at the very end of the season. And then I came back as a starter the next year. And then we had a tough season. We finished in like last. And then I went to driveline that following year. This was right before COVID happened. 2000, man, this is hard to remember. <laughs> I went twice to driveline. So I went to their old facility for like four weeks. My back was, I, I herniated a disc again in my back. Um, so I had to come home. And then I ended up going right before 2021. So kind of right after COVID. I oh, did yeah. like the online training program for nine months at home and then went down there for six weeks. Well, what, what, what league was, uh, was Quebec in? Like what, what uh, league was that? It was the Can-Am league when I played there. So a um, little bit older of a league. Like I was the youngest guy to ever start there. I was 20 when I started there. And like guys on my team were 33, 34, right? So <laughs> huge age gap lots of guys that were in triple a double a big leagues and then the last year i played in it for a little bit it was the frontier league because they merged leagues yeah you, you see you see that a lot because you you grew up a position player hitting bombs right obviously yeah it's you see that a lot with a lot of players who like pitchers in the mlb it's like oh they didn't start pitching till like college just because they're just yeah. athletes right a lot of times they were like yeah. shortstop and just good athletes um but what what was your experience like like at driveline like what was that like i loved it um when I went down originally, the old facility was not very nice. Like it was a hole in the wall and there was a it's bunch of guys now. squeezed in trying to foam roll and all that. It was, it was just not a good spot. They needed to upgrade for sure. The new facility is unbelievable. That's yeah, crazy. Um, like I said, I went down kind of right after COVID. So we still had to wear the masks and all that. There was still the social distancing. Yeah. Um, but even the atmosphere there, like it was still pretty special, but I, and I can't even imagine when there's, when that facility is full and peak off season time, right? Like, 
guys are yelling at you when you're trying to get more velocity and just the adrenaline rush you get every time and just the guy, like how focused everyone is there and how driven they are. Cause they're all there for a reason, right? They're not there yeah. to half-ass it. They're paying a lot of money to get the most out of their body possible and learn as much as they can. So it was a pretty special experience for sure. Yeah. For, for what you learned there. Plus like I'm huge on environment. So I, I know what it's oh, like to, yeah. when you surround yourself with people like that, you just, you're yeah. just forced to level up. Right. For if sure. you're just training at home, like, yeah, you can, you can only push yourself so hard, but if you're around other guys who are all like driven and focused and pushing each other, celebrating each other's wins, like that, that's just going to help you level up. So that's 100%. why like, I'm, I'm huge on like the, the people you surround yourself with in anything. Like, even if it's just your friends, like if you surround, you're, you're a product of the five people you spend the most time with. So if you're, 100%. If, you're if you spend your time with, you know, I don't want to say, but like losers, guys who just mm -hmm. party all week and don't really have any dreams or goals, then that's going to be you. But if you yeah, like, if sure. you surround yourself with people who are focused and who have actually have goals, you're more likely to, you know, do the same thing. So, um, yeah, that's something I learned a little bit too late as well. Like you, especially with training and stuff too, right? Like if you're going to go to the cage and hit and the guy you're hitting with is lazy and half asses everything and oh, I'm good. Let's just, let's yeah. get out of here. Well, yeah, of course you're going to play like shit that year. Like you have yeah. to have someone that wants to stay in there and grind it out for three hours if they're having a tough day or just someone who's extremely focused, like you said. Yeah, I was I was the same way. Um, I was the same way. I uh, like I grew up partying was my focus, and I just just surrounded myself with with other people like that. And then mm -hmm. going to college, it was the same thing. Like my focus was like let's party. Like it's it's college, right? You know, mm -hmm. you know, thirsty Thursdays, whatever. I, I only really cared about that, and that's kind of the the person that I was. And I didn't really take it seriously. Not saying that I could have like done anything big or anything but who knows right I, well, I, you never I, know yeah i was just yeah. never focused i never really like tried i was just so just focused on and distracted on on all that other stuff yeah right? and, and, and there, there's nothing wrong with that right if you're just going to college and that's what yeah. you're there to do and that's fine but like if you have something else on the go like baseball and you, you have a chance to make a lot of money or go get a great education in the states or whatever i mean it's you can't be doing it um yeah. you can pick and choose your times but yeah if you're doing it every weekend and yeah i mean it, what do you want do you want to pursue baseball or do you want to pursue partying it's yeah like you gotta make that choice not, yeah partying's not gonna go anywhere if you pursue baseball <laughs> yeah. it doesn't work out you can still always fall back on that but yeah i just like i like kicked myself because i never really tried mm -hmm. like you never really found out what my true potential was until like until after i'm like man i should have just worked hard like yeah, yeah like it's just and that's why i always tell my guys like yeah like obviously it's college enjoy yourself have fun but stay focused don't get distracted surround yourself with with the with the players who are actually driven and, and want to get better so mm -hmm. i'd say i think that's that's huge and i'm a big advocate for that to all my players is is how important it is to surround yourself with driven people for sure you don't, you, you don't see it when you're in it you're like oh these guys are cool like popular whatever yada 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 party and whatever and then you look back and you're like okay maybe maybe that wasn't as cool as i thought it was yeah right? for sure it's um, it, it kind of depends on your circumstance too right like when i when i got drafted there was nobody else around my area that was still playing professional baseball i mean there was a couple older guys but i mean i had to work i had to go to school i had to train i had to do all this stuff so it's not like i could pick and choose when to go train with these guys like it was kind of me just hitting off a tee. Like I didn't yeah. really have anybody to train with now. Like I'll go to the facility. I went to the facility yesterday. There's five pro guys in there hitting, Love it. which is amazing. Like I wish I could have been a part of that when I was playing, but yeah. they, I mean, you can just see the focus they have and how, how nice it is to have four other guys that are trying to pursue baseball at the next level. Yeah. And that might've prepared you more for, for when you did get to the minor leagues and then you could have yeah. maybe even gone a little further because you're around those people. Um, totally. Kind of leading into that. Um, let's just chat about 
your YouTube channel? Like, like what, what made you decide <laughs> to start doing that? And, and, and what, what is your goal with it? Like it, uh, I've been seeing on your videos and, and you're swinging with a lot of, a lot of guys. So what is what is the goal with that? Well, I'll start with like just how it started. I've always yeah. been interested in making videos. Like I've, I was always the kid that had their phone out filming everything. Um, I don't know anything about videography or <laughs> photography or editing or anything. I just yeah. liked filming stuff. Um, the original plan with it was to film my training and like trying to get back up to 95 miles an hour. Cause I just wanted to play men's league this year. Yeah. Um, so that was the start of it. So it was just going to be me kind of like, I haven't hit in five years, right? Like my back was so bad. I kept tweaking it all the time. I wasn't the healthiest person. I've gotten a lot healthier, lot core is a lot stronger. Everything's a lot stronger. So now my back's healthy and like I'm swinging again and I haven't swung consistently in five years and it's starting to feel really good. And um, so it was just, I wanted to film my journey of like getting back to being a baseball player. It ended up being like, I just had these guys around that I thought, Oh, this will be cool to film with them. And maybe, and then I was like, Oh, well, why don't I just film the hit tracks as well and overlay that onto the video? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, like the main reason it started is because I want to give kids free information. Like it's, it. I'm not trying to make money off you. I'm not trying to sell you anything. All I'm doing is putting out video of, me giving a lesson to a 13 year old kid and maybe you have the same issue. And if you watch the video and you go, Oh, that, I have that exact same issue. Like I just learned something or I don't have that issue now, but I might have that issue in a year and a half. So it's just free information. Right. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's more for those kids that don't have the opportunity to have private lessons with these pro coaches every week. Like, and that's amazing. But like, I maybe had one private lesson as a kid. Yeah. Like one, like it was me and my dad in the, in the, my old little league field or in the cage, like it, there was no private lesson. So, I mean, I get these kids when I was coaching full-time coming in for two sessions a week for six months at a time, like that's great and all, but not everyone can do that. Not everyone can afford yeah. that. So this is sort of just a way to give free information to those kids that aren't as fortunate or live nowhere close to a cage or whatever, right? Just free info. Yeah. I love it. That, that's, that's how, that's why I started mine is we got mm -hmm. shut down for COVID and I just wanted to give our players drills and stuff to do while we were locked down. And then it just kind of grew. And yeah, like the same, same thing for me, like it's not to make money. It's not to be like a YouTuber, an influencer, mm -hmm. like none of that, none of this stuff is for that. It's literally yeah. just to help people and give people, um, free information because like, I just imagine like, w like what would have changed for us if we would have had this, if, oh, this, yeah. if we had this <laughs> growing up, right. Yeah. Just like, cause we always had just access to like, volunteer dad who maybe played a little bit of little league mm -hmm. right now it's like there's so much information that can help you if you just if you just put in the work so yeah um, well that's that's another thing too right like you hear every like generation of coach goes oh man i wish i had this sort of stuff when i yeah. was playing like and it's true i mean even when i was playing like yeah the technology and stuff was getting better but we didn't have the hit tracks we didn't have the yeah. Soto, we didn't have the west vancouver baseball academy like yeah we didn't have inside performance like a super nice facility north end i mean maybe we did our my last couple years but like these kids have access to it at seven years old yeah i mean i was in the pouring rain with my dad at seven years old like <laughs> yeah. it's just it's a different world now right but yeah. uh, this is just another tool to give them as much information as possible so they can we can pump out some more big leaguers yeah i love it like i, I had no experience at all in anything i just it's like yeah i went into it completely blind like i have a camera i don't know like i do nothing yeah. about lighting or audio or editing yeah. <laughs> or like anything like that completely blind and i think that's where you got to start like it, For sure you're not going to start having you know the the big youtuber quality videos you just got to start no. just putting yourself on camera um what do you think has been like the hardest thing for you to to starting the youtube channel i would say just the kind of ups and downs of motivation with it. 
Um, Like sometimes I'll film a video and it'll be sitting on my phone for a week and a half before I edit it. Sometimes like the one I just did with Renee, it was just so much fun and um, such good content that I just went home and edited it that night, like till 1am. So I would just say the motivation of sticking with it and being consistent, because that's the biggest thing on YouTube, right? Is consistency and just pumping out videos constantly, because if you stop for three weeks, someone else, something else is relevant, right? So yeah, I guess just the motivation, like some days you wake up and you don't want to do it and you're like, ah, yeah. whatever. And then some days you're like, no, I really want to get a video with this one guy and talk about hitting. Yeah. Staying consistent with anything is is the way to, to grow. And like mm-hmm. for me, like I had a I had a full-time job when I started it. So I'd, I'd record once a week. I'd have like Tuesdays out. I'd wake up at 3.30. I'd go to the facility and I'd record. And then mm-hmm. Wednesday morning, I'd wake up at 3.30 and I would edit it. And it was like that for, for years. Yeah. It's like a schedule, like no matter what. And then every time I had an idea, I'd put it in my phone and then yeah. I'd just kind of schedule it. And that's just kind of how it was. And like, you got to be consistent, like at least like once a week. You got to post at least sure. like once a week For if sure. you want to grow. I not Now I get, I'm, I post like like shorts now, but like mm-hmm. you, they say... Um, I took like a like a YouTube kind of mentorship kind of course, just kind of teach you like the basics of like how to grow. And mm. yeah, you got to post like once a week. You got to like titles are important, like thumbnails are important. Like there's yeah. so much that goes into trying to grow on YouTube than just like, hey, here's a cool video. Because you could think <laughs> the sure. video is cool, but if nobody's looking for it, then nobody's gonna find it. Yeah, right. Yeah, so. I watched like a 10 minute Mr. Beast thing <laughs> talking about how he grew, and yeah, I mean his journey was insane, but. Yeah, there's a lot of good little things to learn from him as well. And you gotta like if you if you want to grow, you got you gotta like have something that people are gonna to, look for. Yeah, you also have to catch the audience and keep them interested in the first minute and a half. Oh, right. Yeah. If you not, if you start a video and it's boring for a minute and a half, they're just gonna click off off it and go watch something else. Man, you have not to even find a way to keep them locked in. If you yeah, lose them in seconds. like twenty seconds, man, they're yeah. they're gone. Yeah. So you gotta get them right away and tell them exactly what the video's out and then get into it. For sure. Um, but yeah, it's a there, there's a there's a lot to learn and it takes time. I think for me, like the biggest struggle that I found, I don't know how you feel about this, is like, um, for one, putting myself out there was was hard. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. just like comfort, comfort wise, like not being comfortable doing it and that. But um, one thing that I found, let me know if, if how you feel about this, but like the support, you think that you're going to get support from from all the people that you know in the baseball world, and you and you kind of don't really get the support that you kind of expected mm-hmm. from like baseball buddies, whether that is like liking your videos, even watching them, sharing them or whatever. I think that's how what, what I found. I'd like, I'd share to like a hundred people and I'd get like 10 views. I'm like, I just shared this yeah. with like a hundred people. So I don't know how you feel about that um, with the support. Yeah. I, at the end of the day, this is kind of just my personality, but I really don't give a shit what anyone thinks about me on camera or me making videos. Like I could care less about your opinion. It's not for you. It's for me. I'm doing it because I enjoy it and because I want to pump out information to these young kids. Like yeah. I'm not doing it to get validation from anybody. I, I, if my videos are horrible, I don't care. They're, they're not yours. They're mine. And mm-hmm. so, like <clears throat> people also just, yeah, I mean, some people don't want you to be successful, right? Yeah, if, they're, yeah. if they want to do it, but they're too scared to do it and you start doing it, they're not going to support you because they don't want you to be successful. Yeah. Um, so it, I think it's just kind of finding those people that do support you and sort of leaning on them because yeah, like you said, you're not, not everyone's going to support you and you send it out to a hundred people and only 10 people like it. Well, I'm going to lean on those 10 people to, yeah. to branch it off and show three more people that they know. But yeah, like at the end of the day, if I get 20 views on a video or 20,000, I could care less. It's not, yeah. it's not for that. It's just for my 
passion to like make this game better in bank in the vancouver area and canada yeah yeah for sure that that's that's how i was too like i had I, that was one thing that i struggled with at first um was not caring what other people think and mm -hmm. that was something that I was, I was like really worried about at first but then now i i could care less with like with mm -hmm. with both my businesses i'll post what i think is going to help somebody and if you yeah. like it you like it if you don't you don't but that was kind of a struggle yeah. that i started with at first but um and i, sh like, I shouldn't like, say like Sorry, I sort of interrupt. I shouldn't say that I don't care about your opinion because if people want to give me um, constructive criticism or feedback, I'm mm -hmm. all ears. But if it's if it's just like negative or um, oh, yeah, yeah I, that I won't listen to. I don't care. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Like they're like it doesn't matter what those people think. It, it yeah. does matter what like the people you're trying to help. You want them to get value. You want them to enjoy yeah. it. Like that's what you care about. But for the most part, you just got to put it out there. And if you like it, you like it. If yeah. you don't, you don't. And yeah, that that's that was one of the struggles that I found was was at first. I think because that's just kind of the person that I was. I was like a like a people pleaser, always trying to be cool, always trying to yeah, yeah, yeah. That. And then I had to really get over that to to do what I'm doing now to mm -hmm. to just do what I do because I actually love it and I actually like creating content. I like helping mm -hmm. people. Um, yeah, you're you, you're good at it too, right? Like it's obviously you've grown, but like you're really good at it. Go watch my first video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably <laughs> it's uh yeah. it's it's so funny, like like the growth that happens, like people see where any, just with anything, with anybody be like, Oh yeah, they're so good at it. Or, or like they're, they're awesome. Like actors even. And then you'll go watch like their first role and you're like, Ooh, <laughs> how did, but you just, you just, a lot of people aren't willing to get past that. They're going to yeah. try something. I suck at this. I quit. It's yeah. like, no, you got to suck at it and suck at it and suck at it. Okay. Now I'm a little bit better. Now I'm a little bit better. And yeah. it's okay. I'm a little better. Actually, I'm getting kind of good at this and I actually kind of enjoy it. And then yeah. that joy turns into you just being, being like good at it. Right. So there was another video I posted on my Instagram. I can't remember who it was or whatever, but they were just talking about how you don't learn anything from success. Like you don't yeah. learn if you're just good at something right off the bat, you're not going to learn anything. Okay. Yeah. You're good, but you're eventually not going to be good. So you have to find a way to battle that adversity, but you learn so much from failing and not doing well. Um, and like, I, like I learned so much from my first couple of YouTube videos, just I'm trying to make them 2% better every time. Yeah. Right. Whether it's a, another little caption here or like an overlay of this, overlay of that, but I mean, yeah, you you only learn from failing. So yeah, the, 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 that's the only way to be successful is to is to fail. Like you said, if yeah. like, and everybody just wants success right away with anything. Like, I want to start this this business. I want to be super successful right away. I want to start these this Instagram, whatever. When they try to grow Instagram, it's like they post a couple of videos. Nobody's watching. I quit. It's like mm -hmm. no, you gotta you gotta grind. You gotta fail. You gotta find out what works, what doesn't work. It's just a lot of a lot of like failing Trial and, and error. learning from yeah learning from that mistake failing okay that worked that worked and that's just like with anything in life like people just people don't want to fail they're too scared mm -hmm. to fail but if you want to be successful at anything you have to fail and you know and just kind of tying it in with like baseball like you're gonna fail a lot in baseball yeah so it's like that's kind of kind of prepares you prepares you for that um sure. with the like are you are you like trying to like grow it or are you just kind of like whatever it is what it is are you trying to so i i am trying to grow it it's not for the money it's like, like mm -hmm. i said it's for free information for a bunch yeah. of kids in canada um so like i i'm at like 388 subscribers right now obviously it's not very many but i'm trying to do like a giveaway when i get to 500 subscribers yeah. so i'm going to give away like a brand new bat and some batting gloves and stuff but i just need in order to grow it i need the kids that are on say like a kid on the Coquitlam Reds, I need him to share that video that I yeah. made to his team. And then they share it to people they know in the baseball world. And it, that's how you branch out. So I'm, I'm trying to do a little giveaway just to kind of get it started. Um, yeah. But I am, 
I mean, at the end of the day, I am trying to grow it, but I do have a full-time job. I got training. I got everything else. So it's kind of slowly growing right now. Um, I mean, if it gets to that point where it could be something I do more than part-time, maybe Mm -hmm. I'll try to push it a bit more. But right now I'm just kind of trying to pump out content and keep it consistent. Yeah, that's exactly how I was too. And like, same, like I don't, I don't do it for money. Like I'm not mm-hmm. in making videos to make money. I literally just want to help people. Um, mm-hmm. So like, I think that is what's going to make it successful is if you do it for the right reasons, because that's what's yeah, going to, totally. that's what's going to drive you to, to do it when you don't feel like it. Cause you think about the kids that you're trying to help. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're just doing it for the money, like a lot of people do, those people are never going to be successful because money isn't going to drive you to mm-hmm. do the things when you don't feel like it. So it's just, you know, doing it for the right reasons, trying to help people. And, and the more you grow on social media and on YouTube, there's the more people that you're going to help, more eyes mm-hmm. that are going to see it, right? So exactly. um, you want to grow just, just for that reason, not because of the income that comes with it. But mm-hmm. uh, I got off to a really slow start too with the YouTube. Like it it takes a long time to to grow. And you almost yeah. got to look at each like platform as its own. Like YouTube is on its own. Like Instagram's on its own. TikTok's on its own because like, you try to, like, I tried to share. I'm like, oh, I have like, right now, like, I have like 73, 72 Instagram followers, but I only have like 19,000 subscribers. I'm like, why aren't mm-hmm. all you guys just subscribing? Like, yeah, yeah you guys yeah, are yeah, all yeah. here. So yeah. it's like, you got, you kind of got to look at it as like different things. So it's, it's, uh, it's fun though. Like, I, I, I like making the videos. Um, I look forward to it now, like making YouTube videos. Sometimes you're like, oh, I don't really feel like doing it, but you do it anyways because, yeah, you know, if you're not consistent or disciplined, you're probably going to, failing and stopping because that is the biggest thing is like you're not always going to feel motivated you just have to do it anyways because like Mm -hmm. and then once you do it you're like okay i'm glad i filmed that i'm glad i posted it whatever and then you look back and you're like you have a year's worth of videos and you've grown this much like okay if you would have quit that one week that one week usually turns into two weeks turns into three weeks yeah 100 percent. and all of a sudden you're like okay i got to get back into it and then it's like you lost momentum yeah it's like it's like keeping the momentum going i think one of the like the things I've learned is, or two things I've learned as well is one is if you can, if you're really motivated for a week and a half, then film as much as you can in that week yeah. and a half and edit it later and pump it out when you don't feel that motivation to make a video. So you have some in the bank. Um, like that, that's helped me a little bit. And then what was the other thing? I kind of like my third or fourth video was t- with, with Tyler O'Neill, right? So yeah. that video has like 14,000 views and the other, yeah. my other videos have like 500. So yeah. I got lucky putting that one out right away because it kind of, brought a little bit more audience yeah um but yeah it, i think definitely just when you have that motivation like just capitalize on it film as much as you can yeah batch batch recording is is super super important i do it with with like my fitness business i i, I try mm-hmm. to do it with uh with with uh northern baseball training but yeah just pump out as much as you can then you have a, then you have a like a whole bunch ready to go yeah I go through, I still kind of with the youtube i kind of do like one or two at a time and then ready to go but like with uh like with my fitness business i'll record like 30 or 40 reels in like yeah. one in like a couple hours and That's then the I'll edit them and then it's like and then they're there and then in the next you know month or so because you have you have them all batched you're just slowly kind of writing scripts for for each one and then it's mm-hmm. time to batch again you go batch a whole bunch more and i think that's that's like a huge thing for for social media like if, if you're relying on recording a video every day or re- recording like like that can that much it is a lot but if you have a whole yeah. bunch in the bank it's like it's nice like i got i'm recording this one with this podcast with you and then i got on marie tomorrow so like the next two weeks i'm set yeah right? and I, i've sure. done a couple where i've done like three in a week and then i'm set um for the most part i kind of schedule like once a week because i do i do actually like like doing it it's not something yeah. that 
that I don't look forward to. Like I like setting these calls up because I just like chatting to people about their life. Yeah, and pod- goals I feel and stuff like podcasts like so, a bit different. Yeah, like you, like I could definitely see myself doing it every single week and looking forward to it. Yeah, but the filming, like I got off a graveyard block the other night, six graveyards <laughs> in a row, and I had to film the next day on like four hours sleep. And it, I just I got to find a way to put on my kind of like YouTube. Yeah. And not that I'm out there like, oh, welcome back, guys. It's just I'm being myself, right? But you gotta I'm amp not it up. You gotta amp it up a little bit. Year. I know I gotta start. I gotta start amping it up a bit. But again, like I'm not. Again, it's just, am I doing it for the clout and like, do I want to be an influencer or am I just doing it because I like doing it? So I gotta kind of yeah. figure out where that line is and how to project myself on the videos. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> one thing that I, I've learned too is trying to be a little bit more. Like, it's not like putting on a show. It's not like putting on an mm-hmm. act. It's just kind of turning it up a little bit just to kind of keep engagement. For sure. If you normally talk like monotone like this or whatever, you got to turn it up a little bit just to try to get get people to to engage with it. Because like you said, 100%. If, if, if they're, if they, like with social media, if you don't catch them in like three, two, three seconds, they're gone. Yeah. They're swiping. Yeah. Like, so you got to like, you got to kind of turn it up just a little bit. It doesn't have to be an act, yeah. but you, you got to turn it up a little bit because it's. Uh, That's a good point. The uh, attention span of people is is <laughs> crazy. Like, and I yeah. even find myself too. Like, I was just scrolling. It's like if you don't catch me in like one second, I'm gone. Yeah. Whether it's, it's with like a caption or 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 your words or or whatever. But people are that's how people are. That's the world we live in. So you got to be like, yeah. yeah, you don't. It doesn't have to be. You don't have to be a clown and put on a mask and but you just gotta like catch them somehow. So those are the big view ones, hey? Yeah, oh yeah. I've noticed that. Like everyone's been telling me to do more shorts and reels and all that. Yeah. Yeah, like just just in overall like social media growth, like I post one reel a day, like minimum. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you want to grow, that's what you got to do. Um, yeah. Like I that that's how like my first the first ten thousand followers that I got, I was grinding. I was like going to hashtag hashtag baseball, and I'd be liking everybody's photos. Like, hey, cool. Yeah, thing, I remember. Blah, blah. I remember you talking about that at BLE. I just got to ten thousand at BLE. Like yeah. I oh, just really? got in there and then I was like, okay, I'm like, I'm going to take a little break here. Cause I was like grinding every day, just like, and then, and then I kind of laid back a little bit. I still posted every day, but then my reels would just start pop up, popping off. And I had a couple hit like a million then a couple hundred thousand. And really? I, man, I have, I have a couple that hit a million and those, wow. those, you just get a flood of followers. If, if, the, if the rest of your, if the rest of your content is good. Like they'll see it, they'll click on your page. If it's good, they'll follow you. So mm-hmm. the more you to kind of start stacking those up, the mo- the faster you're gonna grow. So mm-hmm. once you start doing that, then you'll start to grow. Because yeah, I I, uh, I have a couple. I think I have like five that hit a million, and wow. like a bunch that hit. Like I have one right now that's going. That's it's at like two fifty, and those just those just kind of bring in all the followers, and then you know I'll have like a lot of my videos now. They're getting anywhere from like ten to fifteen. It's kind of probably average. But then I'll post mm-hmm. one, I'll get like fifty, and then I'll post one that'll get like a hundred, and then it, and you'll get the odd one that gets a million. You're like, okay, every time I open That's my wild. Instagram, it's like you got fifty new followers every time I open it up. So you're just kind of getting to that point, yeah. Where you're starting to get a couple that go viral, and then and then Instagram will push more of your stuff out. It just that's just how yeah, the yeah, algorithms yeah. work. It's just like, yeah, um, it takes it takes time to get into it. So you just kind of got to get past that beginning stage of just getting started. And then like, I'm going, I'm going through that right now with like my, my personal training business. Like mm-hmm. I started at 400, I'm at like 3000 now, but I'm posting mm-hmm. consistently two reels a day. And I'm just waiting for like, I know the content I'm doing is, is good, but I'm just waiting for, you know, one or two to pop off and then it'll, sure. and then it'll grow. But you got to get to that first couple that like one or two reels could like change the whole course of, of what you're for doing. Sure. Right. So, yeah. 
And there's, there's a crazy. lot of power in social media. Like, like I said, like I don't do it for money. Like I never have, mm-hmm. but like, but the money's like, a great bonus. <laughs> it is. Cause like right now, like I go through waves with YouTube. It'll be like, it'll be like really good from January to like July, August. And then it'll go like really down and then it'll yeah. go up and then it'll go down. So yeah, it's like, it's like a bonus. I don't do it for that. Like, it's not like, it's not like quit my job money, but it's <laughs> for it's sure. Nice passive income. For sure. And yeah. I mean, it's, basically free money for something you're doing that you enjoy right like it, if yeah. you're not doing it for the money then it's just a great bonus but uh, yeah getting to that point would be sweet yeah and like i said it, it's, it's just consistency over time like this has only really happened last year or two where you're getting these opportunities and even like i got flown to texas to do a camp with uh, josh cathcart from hitting done right like those wow. kind of opportunities are, are coming and doing podcasts with like mlb players and pro softball players and and uh i'm talking to um Coach Steinman, he he's a he's a guy in in New Jersey, and Duke Baxter, like those guys are like, come to a camp here, like we'll pay you. That's crazy. It's just like the opportunities are like are just. And cool. I mean, once you get to that point, right? Like just the connections you make, like it's going to grow even faster. Yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah, you're in a great spot right now for sure. Yeah, but I mean, you get... had to put in those. You had to put in those crazy date mornings where you're just on Instagram liking shit for an yeah. hour. And, yeah, nobody's willing to do that off. stuff, and yeah, and and like I said, it, it's. It's getting to those opportunities are, are starting to come now, and it's, it's pretty cool. And like I said, it's not like I do this for the influencer life or to be an influencer, right? I'm just trying to help people, and you get perks along the way, right? The reason I really like what you do is because you're genuine about it, and you're not like one of the you're yeah. not doing it for something you love. You're just trying to get views and be famous. That's the yeah. stuff I don't. I never want to be. Yeah, like my like I'd say influencer like in quotes because like I, I hate that too because like yeah. my, my brother like chirps me all the time he like calls me an influencer I'm like I hate that like I'm just <laughs> like I, I'm just a coach like I, that's yeah. all I'm a coach I help people that's it you know call social influencer. media personality yeah like I'm not trying to like be an influencer where like the difference between like an influencer and a coach is like coaches give value like I'm here to help you I'm giving you yeah. tips I'm giving you advice whatever whereas influencers you know. Yeah follow me I'm, right uh, yeah and buy my program for 50 dollars a month yeah. and my only fans mm-hmm. they're always trying to sell you something but yeah coaches like the diff- that's what i kind of see it as like even with my personal training i'm not trying to be a fitness influencer i'm trying to be like a fitness coach and mm-hmm. i literally give you value for free every single day here you go take it if you want to hire me then great if not you're going to be able to get results with my content right so mm-hmm. i think there there is a difference there but um yeah, man, the, the social media is, it's, it's something that I didn't expect to, to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I never would have been the guy to do any of this, put myself on That's camera, crazy. Like, stuff like that. And you just, and you just, it just, it just, it grew like so fast and it turned into something that I actually enjoy. And it got to a level that I never expected to be at. And, but even now, like I, I can see the potential, like I can see like where yeah. this whole thing can go and it's exciting and it's, it's like fun and it's, it's motivating, but um, yeah, it's a, it's social media is not something that I expected to ever be involved in. Like I was yeah, a guy who would crazy. post a, a picture like once every two, three months and I was never <laughs> yeah. like never that guy, but yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, man, thanks. Thanks for jumping on this. It was, it was good to catch up with you again. And so, are you, are you still course, doing, yeah. are you still doing BLE big league experience camp? In yeah, summers, I'm going or? to, um, I'm going to be going to Arizona in March with them. I won't oh, nice. be going to the camp this year just cause I'm going to coach in Quebec. So, Let's talk about the camp first, because yeah, you, like the camp we—that's where we met the first time was yeah. the BLD camp, which is the biggest camp in Canada, I think. Five hundred kids, like it's—it's it's crazy. I think so. Wow, I'm pretty sure it's uh—it's like the biggest camp in Canada for for how long? Wow. It's like a month long. Yeah, I, I mean, I love it. It's—I went there so many times as a kid, and I always look forward to it, and I never wanted to leave. It's just such a fun camp. 
Yeah, it was it was cool coaching there the first time. I've been wanting to go back. It's just been with schedules and just the super super yeah. summers are busy and it, yeah, it's a, for sure. It's a it's a whole week. Like you got to be there for for a whole week, so it's it's a mm-hmm. lot. But let's talk about your you got a coaching opportunity in Quebec. Let's talk about that for a sec before we go. Yeah, so my old coach phoned me the other day and uh, offered me a assistant coach or like hitting coach role. Um, kind of, I have a job right now, but it's not what I want to do for the rest of my life. So I'm kind of in in that in between um of figuring out what i want to go into i have a i have a something i'm kind of working on but it was just a good opportunity to get away from the, for the summer get back into baseball um get back into the pro world obviously film some really good content with some unbelievable players so that yeah. was like a big motivating factor um but yeah i love that city i mean it's like my second home i kind of grew up there um people are amazing the crowds are fantastic at the stadium the city's amazing just everything about it like i i the last couple of months I've found myself kind of just like in my head thinking about Quebec and the experience I had there. So it was just kind of a weird coincidence that he offered me that position. And I kind of uh, contemplated it for a minute just because it is a grind, right? I mean, you're, yeah, you're not playing, but you're still there every single day. You're yeah. doing the bus rides. You're, I mean, I'm going to be in the cages for four hours a day, right? So yeah. maybe not four hours, but um, it's still a grind. So I, I just didn't know if I want to do the bus rides again, but like I said, I'm doing graveyards right now. So anything better, <laughs> better than, that. than that. If I have yeah. to stay awake for a few hours on a bus overnight, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Your, your, your bus ride will be a little bit better than a graveyard. You might be, oh, you yeah. might be out, but at least you're yeah. not, you're not working, but, um, well, man, th- thanks for doing this. I'm super excited for you and that opportunity and I'll continue to you know support you on your social media. What, what, what is that? What's your YouTube, YouTube channel? <laughs> My YouTube channel is called Shohei Ofanti. So Shohei, just like Shohei Otani, and then O-F-O-N-T-Y. And little backstory quickly (laughs) on that. I was given that nickname by a teammate in 2018. So like I said, I got there as a hitter. Um, They were always going to put me on the mound a little bit and blow games or whatever. But I started doing really well on the mound. Like my velo was way up there. Um, I started like punching guys out. And so... (laughs) kind of in between where I was transitioning, um, I got a hit and then I went to close out the game and I struck out the side. <laughs> and then like a month later, I was going into pitch, but they needed a pinch hitter. And my coach is like, fuck, you go hit. So I like first pitch, I'm like, I don't, I, I'm looking for a fastball and I'm just hacking. So I roped one off this guy throwing 96, got a triple in the gap, went out, struck out the side again. <laughs> so I did it twice and and like everyone just called, started calling me that after that. And I thought it would be a perfect, uh, kind of a perfect YouTube name just because Shohei Otani is just so famous right now. Yeah. No, I love it. I love the name. It's a, yeah. a, a that's a cool backstory too. Just yeah. dicing and hitting bombs. And it's, yeah. That's awesome. And it was given to me. I didn't put it on myself. <laughs> that, you, you wear that Shohei name with, with, uh, respect right so it was given to me and um yeah Yeah, i love somebody else gives you that nickname that it's okay yeah exactly (laughs) cool all right man well thanks again for doing this and uh, and good luck in quebec and and wish all the best of course thank you very much for having me i appreciate it thank you guys so much for listening if you guys like the episode please take a screenshot and share it to your social media and tag me so i know who's listening and while you're at it if you guys did like the episode please share it with a friend that is the only way that this podcast is going to grow is if you share it out